to the show. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I am good. Cannot complain. Life is good. Yeah. No, we cannot complain. Um, yeah, life is is actually sort of becoming normal again here in Nashville, starting to open back up little by little. Kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, it, it really um, stresses me out, actually. It does. But. Yeah, we went to the store yesterday, and they're still being super cautious, you know, about 50% capacity is allowed in. But Lots of people, like, not wearing masks or gloves or anything. Nobody wear like, ma- oh, wears masks. It's so crazy. I don't understand what's yeah. going on. I don't get it. Oh, my gosh. No. It's, I'm no. so stressed out all the time. Absolutely. I mean, it's scary. It's scary because, like, we try to be careful. But uh, I'm afraid that we're going to see the numbers climb in the next week or two because of it. Me too. But we'll we'll see. Um, but anyway, today we have a great show. We've got two guests on today. And that is Josh and Vivi Shanks from Watchinista. Uh, we we got to meet them while we were in California last year, and uh, yeah, we're we're honored to have them on the show today. How are you guys? We're good. How are you? Hi, doing great. <laughs> Hi, you, you guys. You guys ha- hanging in there? Yeah, we're good. We're uh, we're calling you from New York City, so we're, uh, things are slightly yeah. different here in New York than they are down in Tennessee. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. We just got, uh, we just got done with our weekly grocery run and, uh, full masks and gloves here and, uh, trying to help, uh, flatten the curve and stop the spread. But, uh, you know, New York's, uh, kind of an interesting place, but at least, uh, this morning we had a, a cool flyover from the Thunderbirds and, and the, the Blue uh, the Angels. Angels. Yeah. I saw that. Man, that's so cool. Did they do that just like, just to have a show to put on at this point in time? No, they were doing this to thank all the frontline workers that are working tirelessly oh. against the virus at the moment. Knowing, of course, here in New York, it, it's kind of a, 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 I mean, an epicenter from itself at this point. So it, it was a way, I think, to lift the spirits of everybody because it's very extremely rare to see those two uh, amazing uh, teams flying together. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. I think that they're doing like a U.S. tour, if I remember correctly, and I think they were supposed to be in Nashville later this week, but I think because of the weather oh. that we have coming in, it had to be postponed. Yeah, I think um, they said, what, like yeah, 15 it, cities or something, so it should yeah. be interesting. Yeah, something like that. So, it's, I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, I always grew up, like, we have Smyrna Air Force Base really close to here, so they do a lot of air, uh, of air shows. So, like, I've been to a lot of them. It's always really cool. And it is. It's inspiring. And, you know, I have to say, honestly, like, New York City is one of these cities that I did not expect to react to the virus as well as you guys did. Like, everybody I know who's in the city, like, pictures mm-hmm. I see. Like, genuinely, you guys are social distancing and staying indoors. And it is phenomenal to see that because it's so different than the way that it's being taken here. Yeah, I mean, I think that they were very proactive in it. And uh, I mean, it's one of the major travel hubs. So I think they tested all the strains and they're finding that most of the the COVID that's in the U.S. came from Europe. Um, And, you know, especially this is a major European hub here in New York. But, you know, I mean, everyone talks about the population density, but there's also, you know, a variety of other factors that seem to kind of go into it. But, uh, you know, the mass transit definitely helped, uh, you know, spread a lot of it. And it's a a weird situation. But I think New Yorkers are strong, we're resilient. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, everyone started taking it more seriously, you know, after the, uh, you know, after the death toll kind of surpassed 9-11. And I think, you know, New Yorkers, you know, that was kind of the last moment that we, you know, bonded together um, through this. And yeah, I mean, that's one the one cool thing about New York. I've, I've lived here for 14 years. I uh, moved here actually from Indiana. So it's kind of kind of a neighbor of yours back in the day. Um, and yeah. yeah, I always expected, you know, to be that caricature of what you see on television of like these like very crass, you know, New Yorkers that are cursing and swearing and just mean, but it actually like the level of compassion and the level of care and empathy that you see in New York is, you know, it's kind of unmatched anywhere else. I, I, I love the city. That's really phenomenal. I mean, it's it's actually been surprising here because, you know, you hear about the South and everybody being very generous and kind and, and, and we have seen some of that. Um, we were hit with tornadoes like right before coronavirus hit and everybody was kind of coming together and, and working as a team and then it 
kind of stopped as soon as you know the virus hit here and everybody uh, unfortunately is, is not acting as they should and, and taking the same precautions as they really need to be but yeah we like I said we've had friends in, in New York and and they are pushing through are the numbers going down any there no I mean I don't think I don't think they're really going down anywhere in America I think okay. the minute they go down I mean it seems like the next day they kind of spike back up so I think that we're still kind of yeah. at that peak of the of the curve and uh, you know I'm, I know a lot of people are very anxious to reopen things and you know as are we as are you know everyone I mean we kind of want life to get back to yeah. normal we'd love that but uh, you know hopefully we you know get on the other side of that mountain and the numbers start uh, going down but I think that, uh, you know, on, here in New York, we're under stay-at-home orders until the end of May, and uh, that's pretty strict stay-at-home, and uh, so I think there's a lot of other folks that are motivated to get businesses going again, and I totally get that, but, uh, you know, we'll, let's let's see. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be yeah. the guinea pigs in this thing, <laughs> you know, so we're, <laughs> no. we're, we're staying home. <laughs> we got we got plenty of, uh, plenty of supplies, plenty of wine, plenty of food. We're good to go. <laughs> there you go. All these essentials, then. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, of course. Well, um, so before we start the show, let's let's do a quick uh, wristwatch check with you guys, and then we'll we'll kind of have you each tell us a little bit about yourselves. Cool. Well, I'm a uh, you know it's, it's very hard to show you my watch through a podcast, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. actually uh, in honor of the last time that we met each other. I'm wearing the uh, the Zodiac uh, Sea Wolf Topper Edition, the uh, the blue piece that uh, uh, with the you know, with the rally um, that uh, that Rob hooked us up with, and Vivi. <laughs> Well, this will come as no surprise to anyone <laughs> as I am still wearing my root beer and I'm still in the honeymoon phase, even though the watch will have a year on my wrist next month, I think. Oh, so, wow. yeah. so, yeah, That's I've awesome. barely been wearing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty solid watch to wear, right? <laughs> I would honeymoon with that one for a while, I think. What do you guys got on? Kat, what are you wearing? I'm actually wearing the uh, the Oris Big Crown Pointer Date. So I know we're going to have to send these watches back to Oris pretty soon. And so I'm like, all right, I got I to live with it a little bit longer. So I've got it on today and taking some pictures of it. Um, but yeah, what about you, Catelyn? Um, I have the Speedmaster on today. So... Um, because I was taking pictures with oh. it earlier. So, and it's Tuesday. Tuesday. You had to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like, it's in a contract somewhere when you buy a Speedmaster is that you have to wear it on Tuesday. So. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, it is written. What day of the week it is. <laughs> it, Instagram hashtags. The only reason I know. Like, that's it. If it weren't for Instagram, I would have no idea. But. I know. Thank God. Thank God for hashtags. They, they do help quite a bit. Let's go to you, Josh. Let's um, let's tell our listeners just kind of who you are, your background, and maybe kind of how, how you got started with Watch Anise, and then maybe Vivi do the same thing. Sure, yeah. So, um, Josh, hi. Um, uh, <laughs> hi, my name is Josh, and I'm a watch addict. Uh, so, so yeah, so um, uh, 38 years old, enjoys long walks on the beach, um, lives in New York City. Oh, nice. Side. Um, sadly, uh, sad, sadly, I'm taken. Um, not sadly. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> that, this is this 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 is going to wow. end terribly for me. Um, no, but uh, so so yeah, Josh, I'm the managing editor for Watchinista. We're a global online uh, magazine dedicated to the world of watchmaking and watches. Uh, we were founded in Switzerland ten years ago by two gentlemen, Alexander Friedman and Marco Cabella. Uh, they were two Swiss Italian gentlemen that uh, were super passionate about watches, cars, and. Uh, and in that world, and you know, shortly uh, into their twenties, they decided, you know what, I I really want to launch a social media network uh, for watch enthusiasts. And this was right about the same time as Facebook, and probably slightly ahead of the uh, the curve there um, in terms of digital. I mean, back in the day, they launched this ten years ago. As you know, a couple months ago, it'll be ten years that Watch News has been in existence. And the overall concept was is to really bring a social media network together for watch enthusiasts, collectors, and brands, and allow everyone to kind of a central platform to communicate. And I think that uh, slightly ahead of its time, uh, and you know, the guys, you know, they, you know, I remember them telling stories how they were driving to the manufacturers and they're like asking the manufacturers for catalogs and asking for any kind of materials that they could get because they wanted to put them online and make them digital. And uh, the manufacturers like, well, what are you going to do with this information? They're like, we're going to put it online. They're like, why would people want to read about watches <laughs> online? And they're like, because it, we think it's a really fun idea, and there's a whole new generation of collectors that have the internet and. You know, the watch brands back in the day were very even reluctant to hand away a catalog and no no one had websites. You know, I mean, even Paddock yeah. just launched their website a few years back. So, you know, so the guys started this and, you know, I think that 
the social media network side of it was probably ahead of its time, but what they quickly found was the editorial side of it and this editorial community that had existed within print media and then was slowly working into blogs, slowly working into online medias. And so they really transformed Watchanista to be an online media. Now, Watchanista was started, you know, around the same time as some of our other friends like Houdinki and a few others. And so, you know, back then, 10 years ago, it was all this one jolly bunch of a handful of guys and gals that were writing about watches online, including Watchanista. Um, and pardon me if I'm just, you know, going on too long. So, uh, that, that was the overall concept of it. And, you know, watching to enjoyed this really privileged access to manufacturers and, you know, uh, brands and CEOs and executives. And so, you know, that was kind of the centerpiece of, you know, kind of Swiss watch media was, was watching And we were, you know, they definitely had an overwhelming sense of community, worked with a lot of others. Um, but what really kind of set watching apart quickly was brands started to understand that watching had, um, knowledge about digital. And so brands mm-hmm. would come to watch Anista and like, great, we know you guys have an online magazine. We know what you're doing there. That's cool. And we're definitely going to, you know, give you novelties for review and, you know, talk about that. And there's always an advertising component. Um, but a lot of brands needed help on digital. So watch Anista went and founded uh, watches network agency. And this agency actually ended up being a digital communication agency for watch brands and retailers. Okay. And so, you know, we were the, the global digital agency for Tudor. Uh, so helping launch Tutor into social media and websites and, and helping with content creation. And that's kind of just spurned oh, a wow. whole new business. So Watchanista is yeah, certainly cool. an online magazine dedicated to watches. We're still our great social media following. Um, but we also have another, you know, creative studio now component that, uh, that we, that we, that we use. Um, I joined the company about three years ago, really around today, if we were going to be in Basel next week. And with that, I was previously, uh, just a collector and enthusiast, um, you know, a huge fan of watches. And I'd always been a writer. So back, uh, even when I was in high school, I had a, a blog, um, that ended up getting purchased by Mac rumors. Uh, and oh. basically I wrote about Apple salacious Apple rumors <laughs> and I was always a big fan of technology. <laughs> and, uh, I went to a really terrible arts college in Indianapolis and, uh, I tried to be make it as a graphic designer. I realized I wasn't talented at all. Um, so I ended up um, <laughs> leaving that and I got a job at the Apple store. And I worked at the Apple store for six years. Uh, Apple is what got me to, to New York. I worked in retail and corporate. And that kind of led to then a career in technology, which ended up, uh, you know, what, 2016, 2017 at a high frequency hedge fund. And I was uh, managing all the technology infrastructure at this like quant trading firm where we would, you know, trade all, you know, basically, um, buy, sell short stocks and, you know, in like a low latency fashion. So you could do thousands of trades a second, basically. And I was managing all the technology for that, but I was really into watches and I, you know, I was super passionate about it. I started writing for IW magazine and professional watches, uh, dot com. And I started going to SHH and I started going to Basel world and, you know, that definitely like, you know, this passion, you know, I wanted this to become my day job. And so, what was it, Viv, in late uh, 2016, 16, I want to say? Yes. I quit my day job, cold turkey. Um, <laughs> wow. And I was I was Man. talking to this Swiss girl that I met on <laughs> Instagram, um, who's now sitting next to me and who's now my wife. Um, but I, you know, had this massive passion for it. And I wanted to, you know, find a way to get into the watch industry. And I ended up uh, quitting my day job, went in and I was like, great, you know, I'm, I'm just not feeling it anymore. I was spending more time going to watch events, more time going to manufacturers, going to Switzerland to see Vivi, uh, you know, traveling and writing about watches. And I was like, well, that I'm not even passionate about this job at all anymore. And I, you know, and so basically I quit. I booked a one-way ticket to Switzerland uh, to stay with Vivi, not knowing how long I'd be staying there. Um, I did make the the wonderful decision to sell uh, my 5711 and my 15202. So I was like, great, I'm going to s- sell a couple watches. I'll bank some oh. money so I don't have to come out of my savings. <laughs> I guess those watches, I guess those watches have gone up in value, but like the But yeah, but, but yeah, so I did that and went to Switzerland and I'd been talking, you know, we'd worked previously with Watchanista. I'd worked with Alex and Marco on a couple of little freelance editorial projects. And when I was in Switzerland, you know, I posted that I was there and Alex just sends me a message. He's like, what are you doing here? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm just, you know, here visiting this girl that I'm dating, but I don't know. Let's see where things go. And he's like, we should talk. And, uh, so we ended up going for, I think we went for horse actually. We went to, what did you call it over there? Uh, well, it's just, uh, it's, what do you call it? it's horse. It's What's horse it meat. What's the French word? 
Cheval. Cheval. Yeah, so we, it sounds so much fancier when you're saying cheval instead of we ate horse. Um, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is like yeah. blasphemy for yeah. uh, many people here in the yeah. US and in Europe. But yeah, we do love our uh, cheval meat. Yes, over there. cheval sounds great. Let's keep it cheval. Um, and yeah, so we did that. And, uh, you know, the guys that let me know that, you know, one of their biggest areas of traffic was really from the United States and that they'd wanted to launch in the US and that my name kept coming up from a few brands. And, and yeah, and then, you know, basically... You know, we agreed to, to go into business together to, you know, to become their, you know, U.S. partner um, to, to launch Watchinista in the U.S. That was three years ago. Um, and then, yeah, and then we, we shook on it. And I, I actually ended up uh, taking the Queen Mary uh, from London back to New York. And so I sailed oh, okay. from like London to New York. And in that seven days I was there, I made a business plan and I got back to New York. I mailed it to him and I waited like a month. And I didn't hear anything. And apparently, you know, the board of directors was deciding everything and then they let me know. And then, yeah, then we, we launched Watching East here in the U.S. And, you know, the rest is the, the rest is history. We're, we're eight people full time yeah. here, uh, here in Manhattan. Um, obviously our office is closed and we're all working <laughs> from home right now, but, uh, you know, I, yeah. I'd say we've never been busier. It's still, you know, a super uh, important time for digital, a super important time for people to learn about watches online. And our traffic has definitely increased. Social media has, you know, gone berserk and, uh, now we're doing all this crazy uh, Instagram live stuff. So I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's my verbose answer. Vivi. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I have a quite a different story from Josh. I I, uh, I was born uh, in Portugal and moved to the Switzerland when I was uh, four years old. Um, Switzerland okay. is the country of chocolate, banks, secrecy, and of course watches. And uh, <laughs> after uh, after I finished school, I was in a professional school and I was not liking it at all. What I was doing was like uh, I was coding um, websites and coding uh, programs and. I was really bad at it because, you know, if you do like a bad line of coding, you have to start everything again. So I was kind of really bad at it. And um, my teacher actually was feeling bad about for me. And he was like, hey, I have a client that would like to have uh, uh, an intern uh, to in their company. I'm like, yeah, well, sure. Why not? I'll rather go to a company than being at school and being terrible inside of school and not learning anything. Yeah. And right. turns out the company was Audemars Piguet. And I had no oh. <laughs> idea what Audemars Piguet was. Uh, back in the day, I just knew Swatch and Rolex because I was like, I, I was from a Portuguese family and luxury is not our, our kind of thing. So I was like, Swatch is like amazing watches and Rolex is like for the richest of the richest people. So, you know, like 16 years old me completely thinking that. I'm like, okay, I go to Admar Piguet and uh, I start working there with like uh, uh, the watchmakers. I start working there with like the HR and everything. So I was really mingling with everyone. And my office was inside a watchmaking atelier. And there was uh, this wow. old, uh, old watchmakers. They were like, hey, Viviana, come and see. Let, let me show you how it works. And I was like, oh, damn, that's like really cool. Like how you put those little pieces together and like how it actually does TikTok at the end. Like I was like very impressed. So I start like researching a bit more and everything. Of course, I started being more and more passionate about watches. I, I kind of started like, I was at Audemars Piguet, so I started having a rivalry about with the people from Jajalokult that was like in a village next door. Uh, because, you know, wow. it's very incestuous kind of uh, industry because everyone is, most of most of the people watchmaking companies are in La Vallée Jew. And so we will take the train with all the other people from the companies and we're like, oh my God, we can't talk to him. He's from Jejele Culture. Oh, he's from Vacheron. We should not talk to him. So uh, <laughs> it was very like kind of college uh, kind of style. Anyway, after six... Still is, right? Still is. Right. <laughs> it still is very much. Just so we know, at the end of my years at uh, at La Vallée Jou, I was friends with everyone from like Vacheron, Audemars, Patek, everyone. Anyways, uh, after six months, I had to leave and I was lacking something very important to actually um, succeed in any industry by myself. I was incapable of speaking English. Uh, back in the day, uh, the designer for Audemars Piguet, Octavio Garcia, which is the one that kind of like ravish, uh, made the Royal Oak even more famous, was like, oh, Viviana, you'll get into nowhere because you don't speak English. And I was like, I took it very personally. 
And uh, when I left oh. Audemars Piguet, I actually moved to England because I was like, huh, I'm not going to let someone tell me I won't succeed. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to England not knowing how to say I was hungry. And I oh became... <laughs> I became a no pair. Yeah, it was kind of like really terrible because I arrived to England. My I was becoming an au pair, and my host mother picked me up at the airport, and I was like barely speaking English. I was like, "Hi, uh, how are you?" That's it. Like that's how I knew. And she was like in the car, "Are you hungry?" And I was like, "I don't know what that means." <laughs> so she had to stop <laughs> the car. And back in the day, you could not translate on your phone. So she took a dictionary that she had on the car. And she looked into the dictionary and she translated in French for me and I felt terrible. I was like, okay, she took me to McDonald's and I was like, okay, well, I understand that hungry now means I I need food. So for like... What did you order? I don't know. I just remember I was was so ashamed. Your first meal in England. Yeah, I was so ashamed because she was like the super like tall, athletic British woman, and she was like hungry. I'm like, what? Anyways, uh, all that to say, I had to take care of two little monsters that were actually adorable, and the fact that nobody was speaking. French around me uh, made me learn English real fast. Like in three months, I could like have a normal conversation with anyone. And after a year, well, I had, I guess, a very good, decent leveling of English. So when I came back to Switzerland, I had Jejar uh, Lecourt kind of running after me like, hey, you were working at AP. Would you like to come and work with us? And I was like, oh, Jejar oh, wow. Lecourt, you guys are the enemy. And because back in the day, like, I told Marc Piguet, we're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Jeja Le Coultre. And I was like, oh, well, Jeja Le Coultre are the enemy. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I kind of want to stay in the watch industry. Like, those guys are cool. They make cool stuff. So I was like, yeah, why not? And my first week at Jeja Le Coultre, uh, since I was the only apprentice knowing how to speak five languages, uh, they sent me to an event where we would meet with like, um, we were meeting with like the clients, the very high end clients and everything. And I had to explain like how the reversal works and everything. And I was like, I've been working in a company for three days. For me, you guys were the enemy. How do you want me to explain stuff? So I managed to explain and I managed like to, to actually sell a couple watches, which was cool. Like I was in the offices as a as an apprentice, so selling watches is a cool thing. And uh, then I was starting to talk with uh, Christian Laurent, which is one of the head of uh, now is the head of uh, of complications for Jean Le Coultre. And he also he made me feel way better about my choosing my passion uh, on like following my passion. Sorry, uh, on watches because he had so much passion on his voice telling me how the zero tourbillon works and how long it takes and why he does this and everything that he made me feel like this is exactly where I belong. So I worked there for three years, work in product development. I worked in the social media side as well. uh, back in the day, they were launching Jeja uh, Le on on social media. It was like very early days of Instagram. So it was like a very a miniature thing and how to do uh, this, like, you know, completely different from what we do today. It was like, oh, we need this absolute pictures that look exactly the same. Very weird, but that worked. And then... Uh, that was that was it for Jager. I moved. I changed. I went to a smaller company called Shariol, and then I um, was working with the the Chinese market and everything. And I needed a bigger challenge than this, so I I was like, you know what? I've done manufacture. I've on the manufacturer. I've done every kind of uh, department possible except everything watchmaking related because I do not have the patience that they have, and I respect the watchmakers so much because they have so much patience to put the little things together (laughs) yes they do (laughs) and i was like okay i need a bigger challenge and i really want to have a 360 degrees of vision of this industry so i kind of took a downgrade i went to work uh from like managing a market the chinese market for uh for a company i went to mont blanc to work on uh on the boutique which for me was not definitely not downgrade my family thought so i was like no it's great i want to know exactly 
how it works from every side. So one day when I'm like managing yeah. something, I'll be like, if I'm, I'm in front of a problem, I'll be like, I have been there and I know exactly what to do to resolve this mm -hmm, problem. Right. And this was my objective back in the day. And then I uh, met a, a cool dude um, that I've been talking for quite a while. What's his name? My <laughs> <laughs> name is, uh, is just Josh Shanks. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> and uh, um, well, we start talking and everything and uh, ended up moving to the US. And here I am. Now I work at Watchanista alongside my husband, Josh. I do all the social media management and I am also an editor. I try to write as well as I can. <laughs> You're good. Oh, You're done good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's so cool because you you literally have experience in every aspect of a watch manufacturer. Like you get to learn about movements from watchmakers, which is so cool. And not from like any watchmakers, but from watchmakers of some of the most prestigious brands, which is I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. I had no idea that your your history was that extensive. No, not at all. Yeah, she, I mean, she knows way way more about watches <laughs> than I do. I mean, you worked at Audemars Piguet, Jaeger, and Montblanc. I was at Chariol. I did a bit of everything, but I I mean, I try not to to talk too much about it because people forget like they were like oh how, how is it like or oh can you tell us the secrets i think the only thing we have in our relationship is uh, one of the products she she designed or, or was on the team for at jlc was this uh, geophysic uh, world timer and it was like the oh. last major watch that i bought when i was in finance and i uh, had a bonus i was like i'm gonna buy this watch and it was like obscenely <laughs> expensive for for what it is and uh And uh, I bought it, and then like they dropped the price like two times, right? And like right before I started dating Vivi, <laughs> I was like, I bought this watch, and they've already dropped the price. And Viv's like, Yeah, and I'm like, But they dropped the price. I'm so upset. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I worked on it. Yeah. Can you keep it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, You can't sell that. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I can never. <laughs> yeah, I can never talk trash about that watch because every time I do, she's like, you know, gives me like the side eye. It's like I was on that watch, and you're never selling that watch. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, it's kind of like my baby. All the geophysics back in the day, we were working on the revival of the geophysic, and uh, all the design tweaks, and like the fact that it's there was a U.S. edition and then a European edition, like all those kind of like little things, like they came from someone's brain, and that brain was mine. <laughs> so keep it. <laughs> No, that's awesome. And and Vivi, yeah, you shouldn't like your your writing on Watchanisa is amazing. I always I always like reading your articles because I can always kind of like tell your sense of humor sometimes in, in, in your articles. So I, I do really appreciate it and I love it. I think you're doing a great job too. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very you're welcome. I'm very surprised that your team is so small. I feel like in my head you guys have like twenty or thirty people and when Josh you said earlier, I think you said had you had eight. Yeah, that I mean right? that's in, that's in the U.S. I mean in Switzerland we have fourteen people. That's in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so you know we are you know a pretty large global team. So we are in the in the twenty range if you if you count globally and management and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean we kept it small. We kept it fairly nimble. I mean we have to wear a lot of hats. I mean I I kind of say to everyone. I mean you know you're going to be a janitor one day. You're going to do social media the next day. You're going to be writing articles. You're going <laughs> to you know be doing this event or that event if events ever come back. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's yeah, it's 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 cool. You know, I mean, I've never had a dull day here. That's for sure. Um, you're always doing something different, and uh, it's the first time that I've actually done a job that I'm like truly passionate about. So like when I wake up in the morning, you know, and you always hear that old like uh, cliche of like, oh, you know, if you if you get a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But it is work. It is very hard work. It can be stressful, and it can certainly it can break you. Um, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, it's also something that we're still so passionate about, and. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've always been this type of person that's always had multiple passions and hobbies and whatnot. And, you know, from like, I got my pilot's license when I was 16. I was like massively into model rocketry and RC cars. And my dad was oh like a gosh. crew chief for a sprint car team. And I got into racing and I'm still into racing, but like, I've always done these random things. And my parents, like, God love them. They always supported me and all this. And like, okay, Josh is, wants to be an astronaut this month. Okay, great. We're going to do that. Or, okay, now Josh, <laughs> okay, I think, okay, what do you want to be now? Okay, 
you I don't think you want to be a trash man, but we'll we'll give it a shot. And, and it's like always <laughs> Why like not? random things. You can take the trash like, out every night. Why not? Yeah, I love my mom because she supported me uh, throughout. My dad's been my best friend in, uh, in that whole journey, so it's been fun. Aww. The story about him wanting to be a trash man is a real story that his mom has been so happy to tell me <laughs> countless times, and I still yeah. love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So what happened that you no longer wanted to be a trash man? <laughs> I don't know because I always had this fascination with like where the garbage goes. And I think when I was a kid, I was watching this. Um, was it the, was it uh, like, I think of DuckTales. Viv and I were watching a couple episodes of DuckTales. Man, you're the really day. throwing it back. And the, the, there was like this episode where like the, they're, what, they're little gerbils or hamsters or whatever. Like they're they, gerbils. Yeah, they, and they get stuck on this thing. I mean, it was American Tale. I don't know, one of these old cartoons. And uh, they get stuck on this like big trash barge. And it's going out into, um, into the, the the yeah, um, no. the, the, the Hudson the, yeah it's going up the Hudson right and they pass they passed uh, you know, the Statue of Liberty and everything like that I'm like that's fascinating about what happens to garbage and and then I kept seeing the trash man going and then I would like randomly start throwing my toys in the trash just to see like okay you know I mean and this is back before electronics so like I think I threw a walkie-talkie in the trash once to see if it would like bring me back or something like that because I really needed an inside <laughs> scoop on where all this trash went. <laughs> And, and yeah, and then I think I lost my fascination with that around, I mean, that was pretty young. And then I wanted to become, and then, okay, so then I watched this movie, The Right Stuff with my dad. And, um, I got oh, yeah. like, I was massively enamored by, uh, Chuck Yeager. And Chuck Yeager, like, quickly became my childhood hero. And then I wanted to become an Air Force test pilot. And so I got my pilot's license. I did the whole Air Force Academy thing, but they were only giving one nomination per town. And I grew up in this small town called Kokomo, Indiana. And, um, but my best friend at the time, uh, at the time, we're no longer best friends, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, the, he, he, his dad was like the sheriff in town. So his dad got the nomination. So he got the nomination to the Air Force Academy and I didn't, but I think it, it oh, worked man. out in the end. Yeah. But that's from trash trucks to Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> it's a very natural progression. So this was a very beautiful insight on uh, Josh yeah, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to cut as much as you need. Right. I learned so much. In 30 minutes, I've learned so much more than I've ever learned on you guys' website as far as about y'all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, no, you, you think... two are certainly not doing too bad for yourselves at this point. It's 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 been fun. I mean, you know, I, I think that, you know, watching Easter, we just try to be something a little, slightly different. You know, we, you know, yeah. and yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're massive fans of other medias as well. And I think that we all play in the same sandbox. But we just, you know, try to be, you know. Just normal people, accessible, no ego. What you see is what you get. Um, we try to approach our editorial and our coverage slightly differently. I mean, I think that, you know, if you look elsewhere, you see a new model come out at 9 a.m. on a Monday and you go to every website and it's the same article about the same watch with the same pictures and the same title. And then you go to Watch Easton and they're like, oh, here's Queen Elizabeth's watch collection. Bonjour. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's just. Yeah, um, your, your articles are so cool. Like just the yeah. topics that you go through. And like you said, it is like we all get the same press releases. So, you know, we're all putting out most of the same information. But yeah, it, it's so fun to see something different pop up from Watch Easton. Like every time I'm on Instagram in the morning, I like to see like what Watchanista has posted because it's always just totally different from what everybody else is doing. That that's mm-hmm. kind of the goal. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you still have to kind of toe the company line, and there's still going to be releases that we write about, and there's still going to be that. I mean, we try not right. to cover any product without having original imagery. That's very hard to do nowadays because you can't get access to the product. Um, but yeah, you know, just you know, just trying to kind of go our own way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you guys cover like a lot of crazy events. Like, and you guys were at the Emmys, right? Yeah, uh, that was kind of the last major thing we, yeah. went, to. we went to. The we went to the Grammys with Bulova, and we were the only the watch Grammys. media that that went, and it was amazing. That was so cool. Uh, it was totally out of this world. Uh, I would yeah. say. And I'm a, we're both massive music fans, and uh, you know we got to you know I think we both have a crush on Billie Eilish, we and do. we got to see her, and <laughs> and and Demi Lovato did this um did this amazing new song. Yeah, that, it got us all to tears. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, we're we're kind of you know the the job definitely you know we have the privilege of uh, doing some really cool things, and you know following a lot of other random sub passions like I mean. You know, I'm massively into racing and Formula One and IndyCar and NASCAR. And then I've been able to like actually, luckily all these 
drivers and all these race car drivers have sponsorships from watch brands or they have relationships with watch brands or ambassadorships. So I've interviewed, you know, Mario Andretti and Lewis Hamilton yeah. and Jimmy like Johnson that. and, and, and that's been so, so cool to be able to, you know, talk to these guys. Well, I think that's one of the cool things about watches in general is it ties in so many different hobbies all in one. Like people who are watch enthusiasts are typically some form of car enthusiasts and typically into like we all have so many of the similar hobbies. So it gives you the opportunity to really kind of embrace all of that. I mean, if you wanted to be an astronaut, I'm sure you've been to Kennedy Space Center a time or two with uh, with uh-huh. Omega or with Watchanista or, you know, however. So it's definitely really cool to be able to mix everything. Yeah, no, we. Uh, I was at the. Uh, was it last year? Or the year prior, I went to the uh, the 50th anniversary of the Speedmaster last at year. at Cape Canaveral, and said, and oh, you know, George cool. George Clooney was there, Charlie Duke, all these old Apollo astronauts were there. Uh, you, you know, we we dined underneath the Saturn V. Like, I mean, just a completely bonkers yeah. experience that you kind of look around the room and you have to pinch yourself, and you're like, I do not belong <laughs> here. I, yeah, I, like I always say, I, you know, I, I feel like a kid at the adults table at most of these things because everyone's way more <laughs> experienced than I am. They're way more talented than I am. Um, but it's no. just really, really cool to to be there. Yeah. Hey, but we need to know what everybody's wearing on the wrist. So you're yeah. well needed there. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be a, a professional deformation. Is that if that's the word? Like the first thing we notice when we look at movies or people in the streets and whatnot, it, we have our eyes going straight to their watches, like straight away. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, oh, look at him, he's wearing this. And oh, look at him, he's wearing that. And well, the other day we were watching this uh, movie on Netflix with Chris Emworth. And uh, we are like, oh my God, he's wearing a G-Shock. Blasphemy. Well, blasphemy because, you know, Chris Emworth is a Tag Heuer ambassador. Yeah. So then we like message our friend Taylor that works at Tag Heuer. And we're like, Taylor, just so you know. I'm, I'm reporting Chris Emworth. You might need to rethink this contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's no, hilarious. that's so funny. I think we all are so guilty of that, too. Like, I have to I have to remember people by their watches because I really don't remember their names anymore. It's terrible. So. Or their Instagram <laughs> names. Oh, you know? yeah. But I could tell you I could tell you your watch. That's it. Yeah. Or the, yeah. Like, like Josh said, the Instagram handle. I know I know a lot of Instagram handles, but I'm not not so good on the name part. <laughs> name tags need to be a thing. Josh and I have both changed uh, uh, Instagram handles uh, when we started dating because Josh was Orology and Technology and I was Linda Zinger, which made no sense, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so Josh Shanks changed to Josh Shanks. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think with you, it was like all these, I, I still can't believe like all the random dudes that just like slide into your DMs. Yeah, even now oh that I'm married and everything. I mean, yeah. you guys, I'm, I'm sure you guys see it too, right? Like, you're, you're a girl I, and you're into yes. watches? Mine? Mine? Yes. And I think we I just, talked about that. I'm dealing that. with this today, so. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were sharing screenshots this morning. Oh god. Yeah, just know that if you slide into the DM, screenshots get sent to like everybody. So you take your own risk. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blur out your name. So Oh man, oh. that's brutal. You take that risk. Yeah, I started like either blocking them or like I had a lot of food fetishes and I think you guys we were talking about this last <laughs> time we saw yes! each other. <laughs> And they're like, oh, oh beautiful shoes. Oh, can you show more of your shoes? How about those feet? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's literally like you're in my DMs today. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Oh, I it happens. I don't get it, it happens. Yeah. Actually, it, I think I, f- I followed you, Vivi, because I do remember when you did change – change over um when you started with Watchanisa because I I remember you posted um your your account was pretty much a lot of wrist shots I remember um and it still is for the most part too I I try to to do that thing I'm trying to create as much as possible my Instagram page but I've been taking care of a couple of Instagrams at the same time so I've kind of let my page oh yeah um, and not not take as much love as it should, but I've been trying to curate the um, uh, the pose shot. So the pose, like, uh, and, and by and what what, what <laughs> means, okay, so she doesn't call them her feet; she calls it her paws. It's a week here. Oh. <laughs> so I think you're saying paw shot. Paw shot. I'm paw sorry, shot. my no. accent's so bad. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> 
I'm trying to do this thing where I don't know if you look at my Instagram right now, you would see that I'm trying to do okay the same pause and then there's a I'm doing a red line, so that means that every two shots I'm trying to have a red outfit, <laughs> so it makes a red line oh. on my Instagram. So this is what I'm trying to do, but like back in the day I used to do just wrist shots and like uh yeah I I would do like in front of something and whatnot, but. I notice that I get way more engagement and way more likes if I do the same wrist shot all over again, but with different outfits, yeah. which is very weird, yeah. but that works. But I need to post more. Thanks for reminding me, girls. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this job of ours really gets in the way of no. us posting to our personals. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, as you know, because you run the Watch Anista Instagram account, it's like, it's, it's a complete job. Um, especially when you're trying to manage your own plus plus another one. I know the 10 and 2 account, there's so many DMs, so many responses and, and comments. And we tr- we honestly, like, we try to respond to everybody. And, uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll take up a whole day if you let it, for sure. Yeah, and you kind of have, like, for the algorithm to work properly, you kind of have, like, to respond, like, in an hour. Otherwise, your post will actually get in lower in uh in in the in, in the feed which is super weird so the, yeah. the more quicker you respond like the more your your post is likely to appear but this is like part of those conspiracy theories that i keep reading everywhere <laughs> but yep. i don't know if it works I, I tell you like our house looks <laughs> yeah. like that guy that 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 meme where the guy's like against that big board trying to explain the whole thing <laughs> yeah and it's just like it's like you know we've got all these things plastered we're like no instagram changed this no you have to post at 7 a.m not 7 30 oh no i think it's this no uh, oh did you see what that guy did oh why doesn't that guy have the blue badge it's a, yeah it's no whole, so we kind of like reading like it's it's I, as you guys know like you're on it too like it's kind of like a everyday job you have like to read the latest news on instagram and how to get the better engagement and like you you read like 50 different websites with 50 different opinions and you're like i guess i'll try that we'll see maybe that works <laughs> And yeah, there was like a couple a couple months ago, they were like, oh, if you post more than two times on Instagram, your feed goes completely, like it disappears completely from the page of your followers. And I'm like, but I kind of have to post more than twice a day. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, uh, Those dang Instagram gods. What are we going to do? Yeah. There's no winning. Yeah, but what, what's what's I mean the question is what is the next thing and I and I and I hope to God it's not TikTok because <laughs> I just I feel like no. I, there's this like meme the other day of like the golden girls sitting around a table and like thirty year olds trying to explain TikTok. <laughs> Do you guys have a TikTok? Are you on? TikTok? No, yet. <laughs> well, honestly, no. I I started a TikTok because I saw all these ads were coming up and like TikTok that looks cool and I downloaded it and then it was just like a bunch of fourteen year old kids dancing and I was just like. <laughs> Well, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> How long ago was that? Because since quarantine, now it's a bunch of millennials on there. So it's it's a the age limit has increased a bit, but yeah, TikTok has is kind of the hero of quarantine, I feel like. Like of quarantine <laughs> boredom. TikTok and Tiger King. Oh yeah, yeah, Tiger I mean, King. So, yeah, I mean we've we've over I mean over <laughs> here we've we, we we got an xbox luckily before quarantine i'm on my third season of formula one t- 2019 help i won the world championship twice with ferrari <laughs> we're with mclaren right help. now we're doing really well I, my team needs me after this call help uh and then uh we what we're, we're on we've watched 72 episodes of superstore um, we've a lot of 90 day fiance Bless you. um 90 day fiance is legit oh my god girls if you haven't start watching it i would really advise no. because the drama is actually worth it. But, there, but 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 you have to understand. Really? There's like multiple did seasons. Watch, did you watch Love Is Blind? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Love Is oh, Blind yeah. was like day two. Oh yeah, like, we, we finished that, that day two. Insane. Yeah, that was bonkers. Oh, wow. But uh, I, what even more bonkers though? Because we, when you're looking at like the the 90 Day Fiance like ecosystem, there's 90 Day Fiance, but then there's all these other like um, sub series of it. So there's 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After, which follows the people after the 90 days. Then there's Before the 90 Days, and there's all these other like breakout oh, shows. Wow. And we've been watching what is it Before the 90 Days? <laughs> We watched before the ninety days and happily ever after. Yeah, so we were we did season one of um, happily ever after, and then we're on season four of um, before the ninety days. And there's this guy named Big Ed um, from San Fran and Rosie from the Philippines. He's like this fifty four year old man that is desperately trying to human traffic a young Filipino woman. Also, he has um, no neck. And it is just oh it's painful to watch, but it's also <laughs> hilarious. And I mean, 
My gosh, yeah. It's difficult. You know when something is happening and you really can't do anything and you can't look away? That's, a, that's it's a train exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. what that is. <laughs> I am going to binge watch it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm out of yeah, I feel like I'm going to add that to my list. <laughs> I mean, that, that is the one thing. And we've been doing a lot, you know, with, with ourselves. And we have a lot of, you know, so watching this has a lot of contributors as well. And one of our contributors, Rhonda, up in Canada, she's our editor-at-large in the Canadian market. And... She was watching a lot of Netflix, so she's been like putting together almost like a weekly article on like all the watches she saw on Netflix. Um, but one of the pe- one of the things that we really wanted to do, I'm like, listen, like we're all watching Tiger King. This was, I mean, this was a month ago, right? Back when things were really, you know, interesting. Um, but we're all watching Tiger King, and I'm like, we need to do a profile on all the watches of Tiger King. And so we did this massive profile yeah. on Tiger King, and I couldn't get it past the editorial board. I'm like, guys, I've got this amazing article on Tiger King, and they're like, we're not publishing this. We really tried to sell it like three weeks in a row. Yeah. We were like, hey, it's going to be a super cool Friday fun article. No. Yeah. But the, the, the thing was, is it was like, you know, the, you know, Tiger King may be addictive, but the watches are terrible. I think that was like actually the article yeah. title because like, I mean, it was that like. That should have been the title of the, of the article. It, it was. That was the title of the article. And like, but the problem was, is like, there were some major brands in there and we were trying to pass out like, well, we don't know if this guy's really wearing that kind of watch, but maybe we'll because, just call it a fake. What was he wearing in it? Because I've heard it, it was a citizen maybe and then I've heard different things. Yeah, well, when you look back at it, so it looks like a like a Chanel J12, but let's be honest, I don't think Joe Exotic was rocking a, a white no, ceramic definitely. Chanel. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it could, you know, could have been a variety of other smaller like Walmart kind of brands. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I think that there was a lot of Invicta, a lot of Invicta, mm-hmm. um, and there was like a fake Breitling. Yeah, there was definitely a fake uh, Breitling. There was a fake Rolex Deep Sea. Um, oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just garbage. I mean, there was, there was no, there's nothing good about it, you know, but it was, yeah. I mean, the show was amazing. I mean, nothing against amazing. Oklahoma, but yeah, it was kind of like what you would expect in deep down Oklahoma. Yeah, but I never, you know, I mean, we, Viv and I, we did a cross-country road trip last summer. We, we drove Route 66 from Chicago to Santa Monica in our, in our Volkswagen uh, Beetle. And uh, we kept seeing all those signs for like, oh, pet a tiger, see a tiger cub. And you always see these signs and you think, okay, well, that that sounds fun. It's just not for me. But, you know, seeing inside of it, you're just like, holy cow, like the the level of egos that these people deliver just because they're, uh, you know, know. they're interacting with these, these wild animals. And, and Carol Baskins definitely, killed definitely, definitely killed her husband. Killed her husband 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I will trust anybody who says she didn't kill her husband. Like, I mean, the evidence like is just overwhelming. I feel like that should be a first date question. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. <laughs> if you're on Tinder, you just change your bio, like swipe left. If you think Carol Baskins didn't kill her husband, <laughs> <laughs> the the guy that was like hired, like I guess like the mercenary that was hired to kill Carol, it's like he he's just hanging out. Like he's not. I don't understand why he's not in jail. But there's a lot of things I don't understand about that show. But I still loved it. But also the fact that like. Imagine they show up to this guy's hotel room and they're like, hey, we want to interview you for the, you know, for the series finale, <laughs> talking about your involvement. And he's like, hold on, let me just get in the bathtub. <laughs> like, of like, who said, yeah, man, let's do this. It's amazing. Who doesn't Television. want to do an interview in the bathtub? Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't wait for the, the feature film on this one. Oh, yeah. Same. Uh, Apparently the actors that are trying, are fighting to get a spot on the movie, on the film. Like yeah. they were saying, uh, Kate McKinnon wanted. Yeah, Kate McKinnon's there, and uh, everyone's like, you know, David Spade or Rob Lowe or whatever. For uh, I mean, I, I do yeah. think that David Spade's a, a solid Leto choice. Jared Leto really Dirt. wants to play Joe Exotic. Yeah. So who's that? I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Jared Leto. That would be great. Oh, Jared Leto's yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, he really wants to play Joe Exotic, which I think would be perfect. No. I mean, his Joker impression was different. I don't know. So he, 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 Heath Ledger is my yeah. Joker. Not so, my Joker. Let's see. <laughs> oh man. That well, so getting getting back to a little bit of watch talk. Um, I know you guys followed along this this past weekend. That was this past weekend, right? Watches yeah, and yes. yeah, that was. I, I have to remind myself what day it is. Um, <laughs> what, what was your What was your thoughts? What What did you guys think? I, I you know, it, it, all the news surrounding, you know, it's, it sounds, you know, for the past six months, you know, as a media, we've been covering 
the actual industry news of the shows than the actual brands exhibiting at the shows, right? Like with the squabbling between right. Watches and Wonders and Basel World and with, you know, Basel World now with Rolex and Paddock and everyone exiting and, you know, what's going to happen to the future of Basel World and now also what's going to happen to Watches and Wonders, but also with, you know, with COVID, how are the, what's the future of these shows? So I thought it was really smart that Watches and Wonders got in front of that and said, you know what, great, we're going to, at the same dates that we we're going to already hold this show, let's go digital, let's introduce this, you know, digital experience for the brands it's the first time doing it there's always going to be you know glitches and you know kinks but i thought that the brands that were participating in it there was a solid product offering there was good product exciting stuff um yeah i was i was overall i was pretty impressed Viv, what, what do you think I, I was also pretty impressed i was not expecting uh however to have the show happening kind of at the same time uh, i i was kind of expecting a digital version but i was never expecting at the same time where the show was supposed to happen in the first place and we were all supposed to be in Switzerland. But the novelties were pretty cool. I was uh, pretty impressed with IWC by uh, with the Portuguese. I actually mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with the Cartier Maillon, even though it's a quartz watch, so I'm sorry. Uh, but it looks no. really darn cool. Uh, I wish that it was yeah. mechanical, but that's, you know, you can't ask too much of a jewelry watch either. Um and yeah, Panerai had the, the, the magnificent tourbillon, um, for, uh, Mike uh, Horn, right? That was, uh, kind of, uh, also kind of crazy on the watch side of mm-hmm. uh, this year. Yeah. How about you girls? Absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was a lot of, it was interesting to see. I think that, uh, it was refreshing because, uh, as you mentioned, you know, when you're talking about how watching Nisa started, like the industry has always been very hesitant to social media and to the internet. Um, so to see them embrace it and just kind of take advantage of it. And I think that's kind of what's so cool about this time. There's not a lot to look forward to right now, unfortunately, but I think that that really kind of provided a, a breath of fresh in a, a fresh air. And you guys doing like all the, all the Watchinista home videos and seeing so many brands embrace that. Like it, it's part of the, the really neat thing about this time is you see so many brands embracing, uh, this technology, but, um, JLC not to add the part to me for sure like i'm obsessed with that steel uh, moon phase oh what was it now that i am talking about it i can't remember what it's called well dang is that the the master um oh the new uh the 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 yeah the jlc master control yeah that yeah they did a good job with that one they they really needed i have one and they really needed to have improved the the mechanism even though trust me it's an amazing mechanism i never had a problem with it i have it for 10 years now but i'm really happy that they embrace also the silicon they embrace like new complications and we have the 70 hours power Mm -hmm. reserve as well now which is really useful if you want to change watches from time to time and uh you know, every two days change watches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, most definitely. That one, uh, that was definitely my favorite. I watched the, uh, they did like a, a zoom earlier this morning. Um, that, that just kind of explained a lot of their new releases. So it was really interesting to watch for sure. Yeah. I think they did a pretty well job. What about you, Kat? Uh, I, well, you know, I, I definitely loved, um, Cartier. I, I like a lot of the, uh, the offerings that they put out and then, yeah, that Vacheron, the overseas, the all gold with the blue dial, that was that was beautiful. Yeah, I think Panerai did a good job too. I I liked their. I, I wanted to see more from them, but um, I know I can't ask too much. But I, I did like what they did and, and what they put out. I know it wasn't anything, you know, any any really far advancements or anything like that. But um, I did think the the watches were beautiful, and and I liked the all black and the loom, and I thought that was really cool. Their advertising was awesome as well. But uh, yeah, I thought the the show went well. It seemed like a lot of people were following along, so I'm yeah. excited to see kind of where we, you know where this goes in the future and and how things are going to be. And yeah, I guess um, what is the next show? I'm sure you guys know better than us. Well, I mean, the next show is really supposed to be Couture, right? And that was canceled. Okay. Um, but then we also saw the next show is technically on the calendar would probably be Basel in January, Feb, when they rescheduled the dates. But yeah, the next big show. If they, I mean, let's see. I mean, you know, knock on wood. I mean, I think that it's in everyone's best interest to have successful shows and to have all these shows prosper. But we're also entering a new age. I think, you know, with the pandemic, we're going to see so many changes to our society. I mean, even I even, you know, watching television for the past two months, when you see people embrace or shake hands or hug or high five on television, you kind of cringe nowadays because with all all this social distancing and all this, like, 
I, I like, I don't want to touch people. I don't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really hard to kind of fix that psyche. And I think we need to have a big show, a successful show where brands can exhibit all their novelties, but also we need to embrace digital and we need to embrace social media. And that's what I thought was great about Watches and Wonders that they were able to really bring this out and offer it to the masses. Whereas it's not just for this privileged few press where they get this exclusive invite and they're, they're yeah. flown out and they, you know, they stay in a you know top hotel and they're treated, they're wined and dined. Here's all of our product. It's completely democratic. Here's everything. If you like it, great. Yeah. If you don't, don't. And, and I really love that they've embraced that. And I think that that can only go further. I mean, other industries have been doing this for years. I mean, I stopped working at Apple in 2007, 2008. And, you know, I, when I worked at Apple, I, you know, one of the biggest things was Steve Jobs, you know, keynotes. And, you know, every, you know, every six months, Steve would come out and release all the new product. There'd be a webcast broadcast to the internet. Press was there, but you know the next day it was in stores. It's available for purchase online immediately. Of course, he was a very charismatic CEO that you know you know had a reality distortion field that you know kind of surrounded him. But this was something that you know happened decades ago. And you know I've told every watch brand this. I'm like, you guys should just be there doing webcasts, doing these live sessions. And I think that the the COVID has really forced their hand into embracing that world. Yeah, for sure. We had Breitling already doing like webcasts and uh, for their launches and everything. It was, of course, mm-hmm. n- nothing like uh, Steve Jobs. Although this year they did manage to launch their new Navy timer and actually mm-hmm. have it available at the retailers the day after, which was really like quite big, I have to say. I'm kind of proud of that moment. Yeah, like literally... They launched on the 16 and on 17, they were available on like most of retailers online. So that was a oh, wow. cool thing. Uh, the the Super Ocean uh, R- Rainbow is only available in August, but has been already sold out. Though. I really want that watch. <laughs> I love <laughs> so that watch. It is so cool. I thought I thought Breitling did a, a, an amazing job with with their release and their videos, and I thought it was very very well done. I was I was very impressed. It was a nice change from what we used to see, uh, which is like a, a a great way to embrace the fact that yeah, like we can't see each other and everything. So here, have a YouTube link and watch our novelties being revealed by our CEO in twenty minutes. That was perfect. That was great mm-hmm. timing, great time. We all got uh, like the assets. They were like the Navy timers were available the day after, which is amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, you can't ask more than that. No, no, you can't. Well, as we begin to uh, to close out the show, we have to ask you guys. We we talked to VJ over at Oris um, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and he mentioned and an, the story of an Oris bear at your wedding. And he wouldn't tell us a story, but he told us to ask you. So we're we're interested to hear the story behind the uh, the Oris bear. We've not met Oris Bear yet, but he's You've never met Oris Bear? Oh my god, girls. No, uh, right, I we'll, know. We'll, we'll, he's we'll send supposed you a to selfie. come honky tonking in Nashville. He's part of the family yeah. somehow. No, I mean, honestly, it's it's <laughs> since since we started watching East in the US, Oris has been one of those brands that's supported us since the very beginning. And you know, you guys know like we do that VJ is just such an awesome advocate for the brand and he's really been able to to place the brand in the market here in the United States in such a unique way that uh you know, has really, you know, surged, so, you know, so much popularity to Oris. And, and I love VJ and, you know, I'm happy to call him a friend as well. But, uh, um, yeah, Oris Bear has always been, you know, one of those, um, you know, I don't know what do you call it, like centerpieces in our lives where, you know, every year we go to Couture. Couture always ends up, um, before Couture every year, and you ladies have to get to Couture, um, next year. But for, on the night before Couture, every year, it's VJ, myself, Adam Craniotis, and a few other guys. And we always end up at one of my favorite places in Vegas, Slots of Fun. And we always <laughs> end up playing beer pong at Slots of Fun until like four in the morning on the night prior to Couture. And we have Noble Roman's breadsticks and like pitchers of beer. And it's just fantastic. Um, but <laughs> Couture, they always have Oris Bear. And then they always have this huge Oris party. Um, where you can take selfies with Oris Bear and, you know, they've got a self, selfie booth and all this stuff set up. And this Oris Bear, I mean, he's got some miles on him. He's been all around the, the United States. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been kidnapped and, and yeah, everything. I mean, they, and, and then, but what I love about VJ is like, you, you literally, you know, if it's a retailer event or if it's a collector group event or whatever it is, and VJ's like, okay, I'm bringing the bear. But VJ doesn't just like ship the bear. He gets on the Metro North train 
from Connecticut <laughs> with the bear in the seat next to him, takes the train into the city with, with, the, a, bear. with the bear and with a dolly, straps this thing in to a dolly and rolls it up Park Avenue. And like what and that that's what like so shocked me because one time like I wasn't meeting VJ or anything like that, but I'm walking down Park Avenue and I see Oris Bear walking up Park Avenue. I'm thinking, okay, there's gonna be some kind of courier behind this thing or whatever. No, it's VJ. Just walking with the bear. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh yeah, we're doing a red bar thing and I got the bear and we're I was like, Okay, I love this guy. Like I mean, he's like one of the hardest one of the hardest working CEOs in the watch industry, and here's this guy rolling his own brand bear up, you know, and that was just so endearing to me and you know, we made a joke, I think, uh, at Couture, uh, when we were all in the selfie booth with Oris Bear. I'm like, well, you know, we're getting married in a couple months. Like, can we have Oris Bear at our wedding? And VJ's like, yeah, noted. And not thinking anything of it. And, you know, Viv and I ended up, uh, we had a very small wedding here in New York. And we had our um, our wedding reception at um, Blue Smoke, Blue Smoke Barbecue. Barbecue. Oh and my get, gosh, that is one of like, my favorite so we, places in New York. It's so good. And and we had like 40 people so there. Good. It was perfect. And Vivi's parents came in from Switzerland and my mom has been a bit sick and, you know, but she was able to make the trip from Indiana and, and we had everyone there and it was amazing. And, but we show up, we walk up the stairs to this upstairs reception area and there's Oris Bear with a fancy mustache and Waiting he was like on us. holding like the, the bin Aww. for cards. And then we ended up like, you know, after, after the reception, there were still about 15 of us left. We went to a local bar and VJ and, you know, and his girlfriend, Aaron, we put Oris Bear on Good the dolly yeah. and roll him oh. into a bar. And, you know, but that's the crazy thing is like, you know, the bar manager's like, okay, is there anyone inside this? I'm going to need to see their ID. And they're like, no, it's just a, it's, it's a plastic bear. And he's it's like, really just a bear. and everyone's like, why does this exist? Why is this a thing? And you're like, cause it's Oris Bear. Like, everyone loves Oris Bear. Yeah, it was kind of really much a surprise when I, we arrived at the, at the restaurant area and like to prepare the, the, the space before the guests arrived that Oris Bear was the first guest to arrive and Vijay was behind it. <laughs> it is like, hey, are you happy with it? I'm like, oh my God. I think I was, I was almost in tears. It was, uh, oh, it was kind of exceptional. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love cute. that. Yeah. And since then, uh, yeah. Vijay has always been a super very good friend but like since then even more uh, it's been like always going the extra mile for, for us and it's it's really um, nice to have uh, his support and uh, his friendship I would say yeah he's yeah. a great guy we, we, we found him very super down to earth and a lot of respect for him oh yeah most definitely very much so looking forward to meeting him in person <laughs> hopefully later this year but We'll see. Yeah, so so wrapping up, what what's coming up for, for you guys personally and for Watchanista? Like, what's kind of on the horizon, especially with everything going on right now? Uh, well, let's see. Personally, uh, personally, we're uh, we're moving soon. So Viv and I are uh, are moving uh, moving apartments and uh, you know trying to get something a little bit bigger, maybe outside of the city, so we can have some more space for ourselves and and uh, have a bit better you know quality of life. Uh, city's quite hectic and manic and outrageously expensive, so <laughs> that's certainly on the horizon personally. Um, and then uh, yeah, for watching Easter, I mean, I think that we're pers- both personally and professionally, I think we're <laughs> excited to exit quarantine. It's been a long couple months. Wow. Uh, and I think that yeah. we probably still at least have another month before we're out and then probably another six months before things get back to normal it seems um but uh, yeah i mean kind of excited for the prospect of that i mean viv is turning 30 this year so want to do something for your birthday hopefully come july thanks for reminding um, me <laughs> so is there is there a watch that that comes along with 30 well the well the root beer was my 30th anniversary um of watch but it came a year early so yeah, we'll put our names on the list thinking okay they're gonna call us in a year and they called us in like two months I'm like, ah. Yeah, we were like, you know, when they called us, I was like, uh, oops. <laughs> Josh, I have a problem. <laughs> but we made and it work. It's not like you could just keep it in the box. Yeah. But I think we we have been talking about a Speedmaster, though. Yeah. Because uh, I've oh, been hearing, be hearing nice. uh, all kinds of things about the Speedmaster and what's coming up on the horizon and everything. And it's like, it might be a great time to buy a Moonwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, I feel like, like Rolex and, and a Speedmaster, those are two like great like birth year watches to get. Um, I have a awesome. birth year a Speedmaster, but we have yeah. to, uh, to part with it. Yeah, yeah. Move, moving to US and getting married on that, that, that builds that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, very cool. And that's exciting. Um, and I'm sure, you know, with you guys moving, you know, outside the city a little bit, especially with all that's going on and, and not knowing what's in store for the future, that'll be great to have a little bit more space and it'll be nice. Yeah, and be sure. able to go out without being cramped in those very small little stores that yeah. we have I mean, in New York. It's impossible yeah. to socially distance. Yeah. I mean, our, our neighborhood, you know, supermarket, they finally started limiting people, but it's impossible to socially distance inside of these super tight little spaces. <laughs> so. oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I can imagine. Where is the, uh, where's the first place you guys are going to go? Like restaurant, wherever, what's the, what's Oh, well, what's the first thing we're going to do when quarantine after- breaks? Yeah. Sushi. I think we, yeah, I, I would agree with sushi. I think we're going to go have the most amazing sushi we've ever had. We're both massive fans of sushi. We've been to Japan together. And uh, yeah, I think we're just having an amazing omakase uh, sushi. Oh, yeah. Nice. That does sound so good. I'm, I've been craving sushi too. Because it's like the I one know. thing that I literally cannot make. Um, and I can't make a lot of things, let's be honest, but that's it's like weird really... with the takeout and like, you know, it, I mean, it's very much like a hands on food and, you know, with, it's uncooked, you know, it's uncooked, it's raw. So like, you know what, like, let's not risk it. Let's just, you know, save up a yeah. few bucks and go have the most amazing sushi meal ever once, uh, once this ends. Yeah. Nice. That sounds good for sure. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast today. It's been so fun catching up. I know we got to hang out a little bit last year and that was when we first met you and which was absolutely awesome i think you exceeded all of our expectations of meeting you guys but uh it's been a it's been a lot of fun and i can't wait you know hopefully maybe later on this year we can see each other at an event or something we hope so well yeah we look forward to it and look us up if you ever uh you know come uh come into the city we'd be happy to take you out for drinks and we've, uh, we've talked about it a few times <laughs> oh see there it is we gotta do it yeah, flights oh, are yeah, super cheap sure. right now. <laughs> I heard it's a good time to fly. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, uh, we uh, we actually we bought tickets to Chicago for for wind up in July, you know, and and not knowing, of course, if it's still going to happen or not. But the the tickets were so cheap. We're like, okay, well, even if it doesn't happen, like we'll go and we'll just like stay in a hotel room all weekend or whatever. But uh, no, we are considering, yeah, well, we are looking at New York for for later in the year, too. So hopefully, hopefully things get better. Knock on wood. Yeah. I mean, watching. So we've got some some I mean, hopefully once all this stuff, all this cloud clears, we had some really cool events planned for this year. So we'll definitely uh, send it your way, too. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. We hope you all stay safe. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's been great. And uh, everybody, make sure you guys head over to our website, www.tenandtwo.com. It'll have all the notes for everything that we've talked about, uh, as well as links over to Watchinista. Yeah. And I think that's going to be it for today. All right. Well, that is it for me. All right. Thank you guys again. And everybody stay safe. All right. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.